Hello and welcome to Don't Forget Your Tao. This week we've got a very exciting episode lined up. We're going to be playing a brand new RPG called The Wild Sea with two very special guests. The Wild Sea is a weird, fantastical RPG with rules that encourage role-playing and a setting that's kind of like Waterworld crossed with Pirates of the Caribbean except with trees instead of seas. I know, it's super cool. It's currently out on Kickstarter and you should all go totally check it out, especially if you enjoy the episodes to come. We have a fantastic game lined up for you and we really hope that you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed playing it. Without further ado, drink up me hearties, yo-ho! We'll sail across the wild sea as we head on our journey. The rustling waves will rock us to sleep, our chainsaws will drive through them. Ahoy, set sail, heave-ho, and speed, now bring us the horizon! We'll fight, we'll drink, we'll conquer the tides Led by the firefly Be it our strength, our wit, our craft From Faerun to Arkham to Mars We'll take the quest, make foes and friends Today, Erin, Isabel, and I are joined by two special international guests, Felix and Ryan. Let's just go around introducing our special guests. Um, Ryan, do you want to introduce yourself and just give give any plugs you have to our audience, please? Yeah, I'm Ryan Khan. Um, if you want to find me online on Twitter, I'm at the one true K, and you can find my games at rcon.itch.io. And I'm uh, just really happy to be here. I'm looking forward to our game. Awesome. And Felix? I am Felix Isaacs. I am the writer slash designer of The Wild Sea. And if you want to know more, you can go to thewildsea.co.uk or now the Mythopia website, as we've been picked up by Mythopia as a publisher. And we're all very happy. That is amazing. And as you must have guessed by now, we will be playing The Wild Seas. Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Just, this is a plot here. twist we've got you here felix and then we suddenly play a different game <laughs> i mean i could roll with that <laughs> no no um so i think um before we start introducing our characters felix do you want to go a bit through what the wild seas is and you know just give us give us your your usual spiel shall we say yeah no problem um the wild sea is a game of exploration uh sailing chainsaw-proud ships across the canopy of a vast treetop forest that ate the world. It is a kind of soft apocalypse game. The apocalypse happened, now it's finished, and life is, for many people, better. Uh, yeah, that, that's about it, really. It's it's a, a, a nice, bright, apocalyptic future full of trees. Bright apocalypse, that's an interesting way of putting yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, bring, yeah. Up, bring on the revolution. I mean, it's also horrific at, at points, but... Yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. I When I first, like, honestly, when I first read the synopsis to the game, Felix, I was blown away. It's, it's an amazing concept, and I'm super excited to start playing it. So um, I suppose without further ado, we can go around introducing our characters. Who wants to go first? Because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'll go first. Um... Oh, actually, if I go first, I have to come up with a voice for her. So, <laughs> um, I can, I can go first if yes. you want. Thank yeah. you, Erin. Um, 
Not that I have a super clear voice in mind, but anyway. So my character's name is Akia Drivas, using they, them pronouns. Um, they are an ictus, which is a cactus person. Their origin is rootless and their post is dredger. Akia being rootless was kind of born into um, a sort of more like nomadic, free on the waves kind of life. And their their main motivation is to learn. Um, like they're really all about, yeah, like learning about ancient knowledge, especially like um, ancient knowledge about the Ictus people and um, wants to make discoveries. Basically is kind of like a rustic, nature-loving academic. <laughs> I like that. That's a, that's a good collection of yeah. words. <laughs> I'm playing... Trezek, whose name I just came up like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Trezek is a shallowcray, uh, this this weird, amazing creature that's basically a colony of spiders um, come together into this hive mind sort of um, being. And he, well, they, I should say, they're also rootless. So they've lived their whole lives on, in, on the wild sea, um, just traveling, that sort of thing. And they're a rattle hand. So they, they like they like machines more than they like human beings or in this case, ardent or, you know, other living sentient creatures. They, they feel like machines communicate better with them than um, sentient life forms who've had a tendency of betraying or disappointing them in the past. In fact, as a child, um, Trezek was the only person Trezek could trust was his mentor who was aptly named Mentor. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, Mentor promised Trezek that he would, well, they would remain with Trezek for the rest of Trezek's foreseeable life. But when Trezek needed them most, uh, Mentor kind of descended into uh, madness and kind of uh, lost control of itself. So um, Mentor was also a Chelicrae, and Chelicrae are the spider colonies, and he lost control of the spider colony, and he basically became just a barely bumbling mess of spiders, just barely keeping it together, essentially. Um, and he's still part of our crew, actually, um, or I would like to make him, well, they part of, I'm going to have to make sure I say they <laughs> um, part of our crew in future. I was going to say you did. You did use both they and he. You could be a, a he slash they, like and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that, you can do that. Trezek sounds more like this. Um, he's he's he sounds like he's making sure that each word gets its own space, and all words are individuals. All right. Um. So my character's name is Valor. Goes by she/her pronouns. Valor is a gal and uh, was spitborn so uh, her colony i guess uh, lived in a rather low hanging area always in danger of being washed up by waves as i understand it she unfortunately her home did eventually get washed away in the waves and her uh, people have had to rebuild elsewhere she helped them to rebuild and then because it just didn't still feel right her home had been gone she decided to go traveling instead of staying there but she does have a passion for helping other gao and other spitborn who are in a similar situation to her uh, she is a hacker so she has learned and to 
get through the trees and get through the wild sea very well. Um, but she does have difficulty with bugs, uh, which is not a great thing to have. But, you know, she's doing her best. Um, they are very much attracted to the spores on her body. Um, but, you know, such is life and she deals with it. Yeah. Um, and let's see. I think I think she, she, spiel, she speaks with a low voice and has a little bit of a lisp. I think that's how she speaks. Can you understand that? Is that okay? Yep, I can understand it. Okay, great. Is that enough information? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's perfect for me. Sounds good. Ryan. I am playing Yulin, who is an ardent and a corsair. He grew up in a colony that built itself around the outside of a tree that extends well above the so-called sea level, I guess the canopy. And he's the sort of guy who, a bit of a thrill seeker, likes getting into trouble, getting himself into sticky situations and then getting himself out. The sort of person who would never, ever, ever throw dust in somebody's eyes so they're blind and can't fight back <laughs> or sneak into a place where there's going to be a duel and set up booby traps because what kind of dishonorable, disgusting person <laughs> would do something like that? Definitely not me. No, I, I am the very embodiment of honor because I tell the stories and, you know, who's going to listen to a loser? That's amazing. So I will not be your GM for this session. In fact, we will be GM'd by the wonderful Felix, who just introduced himself. So Felix, do you want to take take it away? You know, this is now your podcast, at least the episode. <laughs> well, that's, that's a scary prospect. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, um, I will be the Firefly for this evening, which is the Wild Sea's GM figure. The Wild Sea is a very low prep or almost no prep game. So a lot of the GM's role is reactive. So let's see how this goes. Sounds interesting. So most games of the Wild Sea uh, will start with building your own ship, unless you inherit one or use one of the pre-mates. Uh, it's a reasonably quick process if you go in with an idea of what you want. Most people spend the most time naming their ship once they've built it. So I would like to leave that part until the very end, but try and think of a name as we go through, so we can at least have some options ready. The most important part of ships uh, to know is that they are designed to cut through treetops. The leaves and branches of the Wild Sea grow back at an incredible rate, so a lot of ships use uh, chainsaw prows. But they don't have to. Others can use grappling hooks or underscales. Some of them, uh, rare but extant, also use uh, smooth hulls and sails to go from place to place. But uh, I'll see what they come up with. This is a process completely open to the players. Ships are made by everybody at the table contributing their ideas. They have a certain number of stakes to spend. Different ship options take a different number of stakes. And then at the end, bring it all together and you've got a ship. Yeah. And I believe stakes, you're, by stakes, you're referring to just the amount of points we have to spend on each element of the ship. Yep. It is just my snarky way of saying that everybody has a stake in their own ship. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> no, <it's> just difficult. <laughs> um, so... What is the first step of shipbuilding then, Felix? Is there... The first step of shipbuilding is to choose a size as you go through the design portion. I think we've decided on a small-sized ship. Yeah, for this one. we'll have a little yeah. ship. Uh, a small ship, you have a little ship. Yeah. 
which I believe that's four to six crew. I'll I'll note down I'll note down our ship stuff for today to see. Oh, much appreciated. Yeah. Um, and then it's frames, is it? Yeah, frames comes next. Uh, you have choice between sturdy, molded. Well, I can't go through all of them every time. It can take ages. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so, yeah, just 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 pick one that you like. Uh, it doesn't need to be a, a super huge discussion. Just say like, hey, I wanted to go with this, and then let's go with that. Um. So I would like to put it out there that my preferences are for a frame are light, scything, or flexible. So I've got sleek and flex. So flex definitely aligns. Okay, we can go for flexible. Um. I'm good with flexible. Yeah? Cool. Um, in that case, Isabella, are you good with flexible as well? or It'll allow our ship to handle rough... Um, Ooh, flexible, yeah. <laughs> like rough... <laughs> rough leaves. Oh, I see, I, guess. I see. It gives us more tilt, so it's a more... Like, it's better at staying upright in storms and un- uneven leaves. Yeah, I'm keen on a ship like a snake. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Awesome. I think we've decided on um, flexible then for our frame. Okay, that gives you some extra tilt. That's good. Next up is the hull. What is your ship made of? Um, does anyone have any preferences for Yeah, hull? so my preferences are generally for sort of natural materials. So like broadwood, rough bark or chitinous. How about you, Ryan and Isabel? I mean, I could get on rough bark or chitinous. The idea of using the shells of old, like, molt. <laughs> it's just... Uh, <laughs> yes, I like chitinous. Although I don't know if... <laughs> I don't know how Valor would feel about that. No, Valor hates bugs. Oh, chitinous, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. May- maybe avoid that one then. <laughs> Yeah, I've got I've got um, Broadwood, Leviathan, and Rough. So it seems Rough is something that all three of us yeah. were okay with. Are you okay with Rough, Valor? Oh yeah, I guess. No, I was thinking because because she hates bugs. Wouldn't it be like the biggest fudgeball you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> ha- having your ship be made out of dead bugs. Yeah, you essentially get to like crush the bugs, and like yeah. the bugs are just be you know. The, the bug husks are rubbing against the rough seas of the, <laughs> the trees. It's, it's basically saying, like, this is this is what I've done to you creatures. I like. Yeah, you're, like, overcoming your fears. <laughs> Absolutely. I love... That is, that's a very macabre thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the skulls of your enemies <laughs> adorning a ship with yeah. the skulls yes. of your enemies. Yeah. I- Ikea does not have the same perspective about the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've won me over with that argument, so I'm okay with chitinous now as well, um, if we want to go with that. Uh, I, will, I will say it's pronounced chitinous. Oh, oh so- Oh, is it really? I went through most of my life saying chitin for insect shells, and oh. then it's only very recently that someone pointed out it's chitin. Oh. It's, yeah. I didn't even know it was it called anything. Mind. I should have known this much yeah. earlier. I thought it was yeah. just called exoskeleton. I fully thought that was a made-up word. Um, <laughs> wow. Cool. So we're going with chitinous? Chitinous. Cool. And we're all more educated so. <laughs> I know, I'm learning so much about our own world through this game. Ah, yeah. oh, lovely. <laughs> I'd love to say that's one of the goals of the system, but it, it's not. It's just happy. It's happy I can lean into it. <laughs> <laughs> Market it as an educational game. Sell it to schools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can learn words such as chitinous. And uh, that's about it. <laughs> our next step is bites. bites. Yeah, the yes. bites. 
The bite is how your ship connects with and travels through the rustling waves of the wild sea. Uh, because you are actually a reasonably large crew and making a small ship, I would suggest taking two bites, a kind of primary mode and a secondary mode, just in case. Oh, okay. Um, okay, cool. I guess my preferences for bites are... Oh, I didn't put any preferences, so I guess I'm okay with any of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would really love... Um, impellers, if that if that could be one of them, that's I have a strong preference for that. But otherwise, um, I'm pretty okay with any of them. Anyone have another strong preference? Well, if we are going with the flexible ship, um, the underscales make sense. Yeah, I would I would kind of agree with that as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, underscales, L- Loki underscales is my favorite choice of the year. So <laughs> oh, I'm really? Really happy with that. <laughs> yeah. it, it it just sounds awesome as well. Imagining like the scales are made out of Valor's like spoils of war. <laughs> oh my gosh, I <laughs> want a snake ship. I want a snake ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. A snake bug ship, in fact. It's a... a snake yeah. bug ship. <laughs> oh, I need to make that. Okay. So we're we going uh, underscales and impellers? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we can do both. Yes. Ooh. That sounds good. Yeah. You are going to be a fast ship. <gasps> oh, we're going to be a sleek, fast ship. Um, next is, oh, what, what will our engine be? I think I had a preference for this written down somewhere. Um, I had steam or solar for a preference. Um... Did you guys have any preferences? Um, I, I would be cool with solar. I really um, want any of the ones that are more like um, natural sources of energy. How about you, Ryan? Uh, I, I'm i good with solar. I also liked the Tamed Hive. I also oh. had Tamed Hive. Again, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that works with Valor because they are yeah. actually alive. Oh, yeah, Valor might not. <laughs> yeah, Valor probably won't want that. <laughs> no, maybe not. I think solar is better than that for sure. Uh, yeah, I guess we're... Going with solar? Yeah. Great. Okay, cool. I guess the next... So the next part, I, from what I understand, Felix, is, is more individual decisions rather than crew decisions yeah that's right um you've each got three stakes to spend on whatever works for your character and the fittings section is one of the best places to spend them it's got general additions to the ship it's got rooms and it's got armaments for ship defense um i don't know how many stakes we have each left (laughs) yeah you've you've basically got you've basically got two each okay awesome yeah that makes sense personally i would like a spider colony for the pack. Um, this would be what's remaining of Mentor um, to me. Okay. Um, still just, you know, scrubbing the day, not even scrubbing, just there, like not doing anything, not thinking, just, just there. Tie some ropes or something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> basically. On the, on the, on the bright side, um, it keeps rodents and bugs away, so Valor definitely yeah. appreciates. Uh, I would imagine appreciates that good stuff. presence. That's great because insects are attracted to my skin, so I appreciate that. Yeah, so it's like we have a, a little spider defense army to keep Valor safe from the bugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe this is why you can tolerate these ones because they keep the others, the unknown ones, away. Yeah. yeah. I, yep, that's <laughs> lesser good. Lesser of two evils, right? Absolutely. Lesser of two evils, as long as they stay away from me. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll be staying away from everything because they're just there. Um, I think it's always handy to have a bit of defense. So I'm thinking a shrapnel cannon. Solid choice. Yeah, I like that. I mean, we could also go grand blast bow. 
I I like the grand last bow, but I mean, in any defense is good defense. So, <laughs> would you suggest because we have a small ship, not adding any rooms or? No, you can add a few. There's no problem there. Okay, I would love to add a galley so that we can all have a place to gather and eat food. Very cute. Share stories and whatnot. Would would the workshop be like? more of like a blacksmith kind of workshop thing or more of like a ship mechanic workshop kind of thing it is however you choose to flavor it okay in that case i i i would like to go for a workshop where um where i would basically be spending most of my time that makes perfect sense yeah (laughs) yeah oh were you going with the the shrapnel cannon or the blast bow what was your final choice oh yeah Uh, let's do let's do blast bow because you yeah, can tie you a rope to the end of an arrow. Yes. That's a thing you can do. Yeah. So that's all of mine. You have three stakes left. Yeah, so I believe I have one and Isabel has two. Yep, I haven't chosen mine yet. Um, I reckon a medical bay would be good. Okay. No problem. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and add some firefly lanterns. My final. Nice. Oh, I love Firefly Lanterns. I love, yeah, I love the Firefly Lanterns. are bugs, though, so. But they're inside lanterns, <laughs> surely. As long as they stay away from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do sound amazing, though. So we have a survival station already? Is that right? Uh, no, survival station would be a good pick. Okay, then, yeah, survival station. I mean, we do want to survive, I imagine, so. Um,. Ideally, yeah. Otherwise, this will be a very short <laughs> um, role-playing session. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. That is all of your stakes spent. You have a, a working ship. In fact, I say a working ship. You're very lightly armored. Yeah. Um, but you're incredibly fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just for reference, uh, your ship's ratings. Armor is one. Seals is two. Speed is six. Whoa. Saws is two. Stealth is three. And tilt is two. So you're reasonably stealthy, extremely fast, but a, a, a little bit fragile. It doesn't matter because we'll be so fast that they'll never hit us. Yeah, that, that's our like strategy whenever <laughs> we come into danger. We just run away. <laughs> awesome. That sounds like a ship that I would like to be in because I am. <laughs> <laughs> convenient. <laughs> so convenient. And, of course, the most important part of any shipbuilding process, have you decided on a name? Basilisk. Ooh. You know? I'm, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not completely opposed to that, no. <laughs> if you choose that name, that is the fastest I've ever seen a wild sheep. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... I'm used to having to choose names real quick, honestly. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? Do you have any like any preferences, thoughts? The only the only other idea I had was the Stargazer, Ooh. but I also like Basilisk. So you could always combine the two. I mean, Stargazing Basilisk is yeah, that's pretty cool. I'd be I'd be okay with that. Basilisks are known to gaze at things. Yes, that's true. <laughs> they are. It's true. I do they like are. that. Yeah, could just be the gazing Basilisk. Oh, but I do like stargazing, too. I like both of them too much to say no to either one of them. (laughs) Star serpent? Ooh. Star serpent? Oh. Star serpent. Oh, yes. There we go. There we go. Star serpent. And we got some nice alliteration. Yeah, I like it. So your ship is is now the star serpent? The star serpent. Yes. I just imagine Trizek, like, and his, like, alone time just, like, gazing upon the engine of the ship and just, you know... 
just brushing against it and saying, oh, my dearest star serpent. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's very normal. Totally normal, yes. Uh, This would also be a good time for you to uh, introduce your characters to each other a little. I know we've done it as a group, but ideally you would know things about each other that I don't because that makes more of a surprise for me. Even if it's just like those little connections like, oh, you saved me from X back in the day, etc. Oh, I like that. Yeah, little networking kind of things. Yeah. How did I come across? Do you guys, were you, have you guys already always been on the same ship? No, because we would have been rootless. So we're we rootless. So, but we could have known each other as rootless. Yeah, but I mean, well, like as like, that could be like the ship that you grew up on until you kind of like, if you grew up on the same ship and then decided, like, oh, we're going to kind of go and do our own thing, you know? Yeah. Leaving yeah. the nest, sort of. Yeah, I like that. The one thing I definitely think we need to decide is why Vala doesn't hate my guts. Because you're a, a spider. Right. It doesn't mean that I don't. Oh. I mean, just because I'm on, I can be like, ugh, about you. That is true. So is it like... It's because you won the lottery of skin. Oh, I see. So that that would make sense then, I guess. Yeah. How I always... So how foolproof is the lottery of skin in terms of like visibility at least? Like how I look? I would interpret it as, and I'm pretty sure this is flexible. Well, it's always been flexible in my games. But um, it's kind of like, if you don't look too hard, you're not going to notice. Like if you see a group of people, you're not going to be like, oh, well, there's the, uh, there's the Chelecray. Okay. But if somebody's like, we're on the lookout for a Chelecray... And they're kind of like security or something, you know, it's like scrutinizing people. They will notice that maybe your gait is a little bit more staccato than like a typical Ardent. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. Or your proportions are just slightly off. Right. Yeah. So maybe I don't, are we saying maybe I don't know? I feel like I know. I yeah, just don't. I like... It's just that you're not like reminded. Yeah. You, you know, like if you have a fear of spiders, you don't want to be looking at a spider every day, but. You know, if somebody's technically a spider, but you can't tell, like, that won't really bother you, you know? Yeah, well, because my main issue with bugs is that they keep attacking me, and he's, they're not attacking me, so. And it could be just, like, a little bit out of sight, out of mind. Like, you just, you don't, you, you choose not to think about it. You're just like, oh, like, you got to get on with your day somehow. Yeah. So maybe it's like that. It's just more like a, because I don't look like it, you're kind of like crewmate first, bug second kind of thing. (laughs) I don't know why, but I'm thinking like the reason why I chose Ardent is because of Yulin. Um, but I don't, I haven't really fleshed out what, like some kind of relationship with Yulin, like some kind of bond with Yulin caused me to choose Ardent, like to appear like an Ardent rather than any other species. Um, do you have any, do you have any ideas around that? Like, oh yeah, for sure. Well, maybe you got into some kind of trouble for not being passable at some point. Oh. and like maybe like we're old we're old buddies like maybe um we've known each other for a long time and then you're kind of like hey i got a ship i'm like hey i'm not doing anything and also those guys over there don't really like me and i think if i stay here too long they might uh remember that thing i did the other day uh so why don't we go on that new, nice new ship of yours go very very far away from here yeah no that sounds good yeah i like it i like it yeah old friends and like that sort of thing like yeah like we've been through a lot together so like yeah yeah i probably i was a stowaway on your ship for a little while oh that would mean that um that would mean that akia 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 also knows you yeah um yeah how about you 
I reckon you were passing through um, the new colony that we'd set up uh, for my little community, um, and I was thinking that I didn't really want to be settling there anyway, as it just reminded me too much of the home that I'd lost, and I decided to um, join you on your your ship. So I've noticed that everybody's saying it's my ship, and I'm okay with it as long as I'm not the captain. <laughs> I, I do not... Oh, I was using the collective your. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was like very confused there. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, it sounds like the three of us would already be on the ship when Valor joined. It's a it's a communal ship. It doesn't belong to any one person. Yeah, that's actually very common on the Wild Sea as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of imagining something like Akia and Trezik got the boat around the same time, and then shortly thereafter ran into me or went back to uh, wherever I had, wherever I was living. So I'm the newest member. Yeah. And you're our new friend as well. New friendo. <laughs> I say I stowaway on your ship. I think I was probably just exploring, like when we were kids, I was just exploring your ship for the fun of it and then you left port and it's like, oh, <laughs> He got stuck well. on it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is my life now. Yeah. <laughs> and I got dropped off the next time you went back to that port and I stayed there that time, but that's probably when we became friends. Cool. So we're like childhood friends, basically. That's what I'm thinking. If you guys are, if you're both good with that. Yeah, cool. I, I don't know if anyone, any of you watch One Piece, but I'm getting like very massive One Piece vibes from the, <laughs> this backstory. <laughs> <laughs> also, the uh, the rough shape of your ship is useful just to know for like, because we don't do combat maps or anything else like that. It's all theater of the mind. So, like, is it a, a single deck with, like, a cabin on top for the galley, or is everything under the deck? You know, just just right. roughly, so you're all thinking of the same kind Ooh. of thing. Yeah, good question. That's a very good question. Does anyone feel strongly about that? I'm pretty... I, I think I would like there to be, like, uh, external, like, a top deck as well, as as well as an under deck, as, as, as you will. But so, I'm, like, there are rooms on the top deck as well, or...? The way I was imagining it, and in the theatre of the mind, as, as you will, is that it's it's like a steampunky obviously this is just a way for you to imagine it's it's not like this but like imagine like a steampunk pirate ship and now remove like the pirateness oh, so of it's it sort of a then... bit like it's got like rooms on top of rooms and like things sort of coming out the side like it's not quite yeah it's it's kind of like the image of the wire stepper that's in the in the book but it has an open deck that's really kind of like i'm kind of imagining Something like Howl's Moving Castle, but not quite as eclectic as that. And also not a castle. <laughs> yeah, Howl's Moving Castle-esque. I was imagining kind of like, a, honestly, I was imagining um, the ship from the Dishonored series. I can't remember the Whalers something, if you've played those games. <laughs> what is the name of that ship? The the something whale, I think it is, isn't it? Dreadful Whale, there we go. Yeah, Dreadful Whale, yeah. But the W-A-L-E. It's a great name for a ship. Almost as good as the Star Serpent. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's actually... Yeah, I like that. Mm. That's actually quite similar to what I was... The It has the same aspects that I was focusing on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the like, shape is similar. It's very sleek looking. Well, Dishonored was one of the Wild Sea influences, so like it, it works perfectly as far as I'm concerned, yeah. And, it's, and then it also has that steampunky vibe yeah. to it. Should have worn steampunk wear for this. To yeah. Get character. <laughs> Damn it. Um, I think without further ado, we can officially um hand it over to you, Felix. And it's uh yeah. You you are the crew of the Star Serpent. A an interesting ship, a very fast little ship. 
uh, making your way across the green and gold leaves of the Foxloft. You've been a crew together for quite some time, and you've been in a fair share of scrapes, but you wouldn't say you're massively experienced wild sailors. However, you can tell you have that, that sense that one of those scrapes may be fast approaching, because several hours ago, you caught sight of a signal flare, a bright burst of red in the night sky above the waves. It is the sign of a ship in distress, and that means either a crew to save or parts to salvage. We will start our adventure with you heading towards that signal flare, and you're, you're almost there now. How are you feeling and what are you doing? Well, I'm, fe- I'm feeling pretty excited to uh, arrive at the destination. Uh, either outcome is a really great one for me. I, you know, I do enjoy helping people, uh, but if I can't, I am always looking for a wreck to salvage. Um, any, any ruins or anything that I can get my hands on, that's super exciting for me. So I'm just feeling pumped. And you have a workshop on the ship, right? We do. We do have a workshop. Is it is it just full of the salvage of old wrecks you've come across? Oh yeah, I, I would imagine so. Um, Trezek spends most of their time in the workshop or just wherever a mentor is, just or or near the engine, really. Um, and it's it's full of like salvage or like things that are made together or put together from the salvage. Um, barely functioning but you know useful if it comes to it i kind of imagine that like one of the things that ties us together as friends is our love of the salvage and like <laughs> you know like you you fix things up and i i um try to figure out their historical significance and you know we kind of work in a team like that yeah we both love salvage for very different reasons yeah <laughs> i'm nervous i'm the first person who will arrive since i'm at the, the front of the boat in front of the ship, slashing and slashing and making our way there. So if anything goes wrong, I'm I'm going to get the brunt of it. So I'm quite nervous, but pumped. I, I've been in bad situations before, so it will be fine. Yeah, the front of the ship is uh, a dangerous place to be, uh, but it does give you a commanding view of the waves. You can see this, this whole uh, treescape in front of you, the canopy of the world forest spread out. And it's night, but it's still reasonably bright. Uh, there's phosphorescence and glowing insects everywhere. It's uh, it's not as bright as day, obviously, but you can still get a good view. Uh, yeah, as as we approach the ship, I'm going to draw my spear in uh, readiness for whatever might be coming our way. Yulin is sitting at the highest point on the ship, a a place that kind of reminds him of home in the high reaches of his old uh, his old home. And he's looking out and he is bored. <laughs> Another ship? Ah, oh, I mean, if there are people there, mm, better if they're not, because they're probably really annoying. But if it's just salvage, then I don't even get to do anything. <laughs> Travis is just going to tell me to haul stuff and like, he is going to be all excited about the historical significance of that pipe (laughs) but like what about the leviathans and what about something sneaking beneath the waves and coming to a and and pinwolves could come and then i could be like oh yeah i'm gonna get you pinwolf and then but oh you looking pretty boring 
You have yet to understand that the real adventure comes from the learning we can take from the world around us. What a magical place it is, so full of life and excitement and story. Yeah, it's like the time that I fought off the small herd of howler monkey things. You know, they were screaming and you're like, oh, no, protect the... And I was like, I got this. I protected it by, well, I punched one and I I got another one right in the arm and it was like, oh, my arm. And well, it was pretty exciting. We learned a lot that day. Learned that I can fight a lot of howler monkey-like creatures. That was real learning. Yes, we, we know you can fight howler monkeys. As you tell your definitely not embellished story, <laughs> there is a, a scuttling of spiders across the deck. Uh, Trezek, I believe this is your mentor. I, I think a description of mentor would be good. So mentor looks like a cross between what you would see a actual uh, chelicre look like. So basically this uh, this uh, creature with several different arms or appendages and that's covered with fabric that you can still see small spiders creeping and crawling outside of it. Um, and now if you remove anything that looks humanoid from that, anything that looks bipedal, uh, mentor is bas- basically just what remains. You can still see his clothes and um, like the like for example the sleeve of one of his shirts well, the clothes he's wearing but there's no arm there it's just an empty sleeve um, he's got like a hat kind of thing as well but there's no head there it, it's barely looking like it, it's, it looks more like a termite mound than an actual creature that you could bond with or that you you've seen around uh, much less like a chelicre and more like a like a mound of spiders if you will yeah that makes perfect sense um as you commune, I guess, with Mentor and watch the waves, you realize that you're drawing close to your destination, but you can't see a ship, and the waves around you are reasonably flat. You'd expect to have seen something by now. However, um, Valor, you're at the front of the ship here? Yes. You can see something glinting in the near distance, and it looks to be roughly under where that uh, signal flare was. Valor, do you see anything? There's something, if... Something there, glinting. I think it's maybe a ship. Is it a, a ship? A ship? A destroyed? What does it look like? What else do I see? As you draw closer, I'm assuming you slow down slightly. Probably, probably a good bet. You are a very <laughs> we, fast. We, yeah, ship. <laughs> quite, quite a bit. Imagine. I'm imagining we're just like rocking up, like on a jet boat, and we're just like. Dear. We pull up beside it. <laughs> uh, you were, you were most, yeah, you were most likely expecting a ship uh, the, the size of yours or bigger. But what you found is a much smaller vessel, an outrider, fit for one person. Um, this thing is, it's basically a chainsaw with a seat on top. Like, it is, it is made for getting to places fast, and, and that's it. And they, 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 there's no other ship there, but it is moored to a, a small spit of old stonework that's kind of spearing up through the treescape. Uh, there's no one there that you can see, and, and the glinting is from the, the broken glass cockpit of this outrider. You mentioned a treescape. Is it like, like taller than the rest of the area, or no? The the waves you're on, uh, the the thrash, it's called the very the very upper part of the the wild seas, the huge collection of trees. Uh, it's it's reasonably flat where you are, but it is called the waves for a reason. There are huge peaks and troughs like you'd find on a normal salt ocean. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, you're in a reasonably calm area. Okay. So. 
this 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 bit of, of stone that you can see that this uh, small outrider is moored to it probably goes down uh, into the, the thick branches beneath you the ones that you the, the hull of your ship rest on i would like to kind of uh, i assume we've pulled our ship up right next to the other ship so i would love to peer down to where the stone thing is coming from and see what i can see as you do that, uh, you also smell something that you're very familiar with. You can smell sap, ectus sap. Ectus sap. Yeah, that, that thick sap. It, it's somewhere between, you know, blood and... It's, it's something life-giving, definitely, to the ectus. It's not the kind of thing you want outside of your body. Right. And you can definitely smell it in the air. I smell the blood of my people. There was violence here. This does not seem good. I disagree. But I get where you're coming from. <laughs> we all know your sensibilities. Uh, and does it... Um, so you said that we can't see anybody around. Are we able to check for um, the... Whatever attacked this ship? Uh, yeah, you can You can make a roll for that, in fact. Our first roll of the game. Ooh. So the, the, way, uh, the way rolls work is that on your character sheet, you have several different elements of your character. Uh, the first one you need to do when rolling is to choose an edge. This is the, the way you're approaching this problem. Uh, the things that feel right to you, your character. So uh, what are your edges? Grace, teeth, and veils. Okay. Veils is an edge of secrecy about understanding and discerning things. So that would be a great one to choose. That gives you your first d6. Okay. After that, after that, it's time to choose a skill if you think you have a relevant one. Um, no. Not well, sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sense is fine. Um, the, the best skills for, for discerning information are things like sense and scrutinize. So sense, if you've got it, would be great. Great. And you get a, a number of dice equal to the ranks in that skill. Uh, yeah, how many how many ranks do you have in sense? Uh, two. You mean like the number that I put beside it? Yeah, two. Yeah, it's one d six for your edge, just for having it, and then it's two d six extra for the one d six for each rank. And then the final part is, are there any aspects on your sheet that would help you in this? If there are, you can get an extra d6. Okay. So do you have anything that might help you look or examine or like a spyglass or, you know? Not, I can produce... Wait, no, I'm not looking at my thing. Oh, you know what? That is... I was looking at Ryan's sheet. Let's start all that over again. <laughs> oh, by the way, guys, I forgot to introduce my uh, Sanctipede companion. Oh. Um, yes, I have a Sanctipede companion. Sanctipedes are drawn to history and forgotten things, so I like to keep like to keep them on my on my shoulder, ready to sniff out the ancient. <laughs> is that why it stays with you? I was wondering why I couldn't find my companion in my sheet because I knew I had one. I have a calico slink, <laughs> a semi-spectral cat. Oh, I love slinks. Yes, that's beautiful. And they let you see in the dark as well, I believe. Yes. Yeah, very cool. And when it's dark out right now. Okay, so we'll start again. My edges are grace, iron, and instinct. <laughs> okay. Instinct also works great for discerning great. information. Instinct is, uh, you know, you know what you're looking for. You know where you're looking. You've got a good instinct for these. Awesome. Things. Um, I don't particularly have any skills that would help. Um, gather. I've got scramble. Nah, not really. Not. None. I don't think I have anything here that would help. Um, 
And um, you can't be good at everything. <laughs> exactly. And I remember I specifically made myself not good at this kind of thing. So that's why I was quite surprised when I <laughs> saw something that I was. And I was like, that doesn't seem right. I did not pick that. Okay. So, um, and then aspect, um, I guess Calico Slink would help me. Yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. So you get one dice for your edge and one dice for your Calico Slink. So you're rolling okay, two cool. Um, I got a three and a four. So when you roll, you're looking for the highest number and whether you have any doubles. Okay, so I got a four. That is a conflict. Something good and something bad. You are looking to see if there's anyone around, right? You're looking to see, and if there's the source of this violence that happened here is nearby. Yes. You can, you can definitely tell something. Um, the glass that is shattered in the, the kind of windshield of this little outrider uh, it is smeared with sap. You think that whatever happened, that this violence happened inside the Outrider, almost as if something uh, came through the glass from the outside and hit the pilot. Uh, but whatever it was is long gone, and you can't tell what it was either. Okay. The downside of this is that you can tell something else, just maybe something you might not want to know. Ectus sap is... It's got a, a pretty strong scent to it, and it does draw creatures to it after a while. <laughs> so the downside of your role is that you know you won't be alone here for long, no matter what you find. Let's hurry, guys. I don't think we should be here for very long. That's what I said. Well, we should make sure we investigate properly before we leave off. There could be some strange creature on the loose. Yes, yes, but let's do it quickly. You know what, for once, Akia... I completely agree with everything you just said. Wow. Really? This is a surprise. <laughs> yes. We we need to stay and investigate. There could be a really big creature lurking about. Oh, I see. Uh, yes, uh, I was coming more from a perspective of trying to protect others, but I'm sure uh, battling a large, strange creature would be great for your exploits. Yeah. It would certainly be another story to tell. Those stories that you definitely don't embellish. You don't need to embellish the truth. Last time I sided with Valor regarding what we should do, but this time I think, well, let's give Eulen a chance to see his desires through. Well, mm. whatever this creature is that destroyed this poor being is long gone now. I don't think you're going to battle it here, Yulin. But perhaps we could find some clues to be able to track it. Yes, all right, mm. let's hurry up. Yes. Your optimism is dangerous, but very well. Okay, are you heading down onto this little spit of stone? Yeah, I think we yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming Mentor, your, your massive spider's companion, is staying on the ship. Well... Yeah, they like they they try following me, and I think they just hit the side and then go back and then hit the side again. <laughs> they're like they're like a broken Roomba. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's very sad. Trezek, tell Mentor to stay on the ship, won't you? <laughs> yes, stay behind, Mentor. Mentor, stay, stay, Mentor, stay. <laughs> and Mentor just keeps on doing the thing, I think. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I turn to you, okay, and I say, 
they're staying. Yeah, if a, if a nebulous mass of spiders could look disappointed, Mentor is definitely looking disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, I, I want to just like, I, I don't know if I have like a little piece of bread in my satchel that I'm just going to like toss into the ship in the hope that Mentor will go chasing after it. <laughs> <laughs> it it, it kind of scuttles away, yeah. Is the vessel close enough for uh, me to jump onto it? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, so I leap onto the ship. Um, what do I see? Once you're down on the ship, uh, you can see that it's. It, it did look from where you were that it was that it was moored to this small spit of stone, but actually it's just run straight into it. That the leading edge of its chainsaw has bitten into the stone at the side of this tiny island. And now you're now you're closer to the the stone itself. Uh, you can tell that it's actually part of an old temple. Uh, it's ancient, <gasps> and it's on its on its side. You're you're looking down into a hole in the middle of this stonework that was once a temple door. Great gods, we have discovered an ancient temple ruin. Oh, um, and I'll I'll can I can I loose um, my sanctipede companion to run down the side of the um, temple and like go and like investigate yeah, uh, tell, tell us what your sanctipede does yeah so I I grab him off from my shoulder and I lay him on the, the stone and I, I imagine he's going to run down um, down into the depths of the trees and um, kind of see what he can find and come back and whisper in my ear it's, it's going to take a few minutes so while that happens what are the rest of you doing? I, I would like to look around um, probably like in uh, scrutinize or just see anything worth scavenging. Um, I'd very much like to find something that I can use to build something new, maybe a new weapon for the ship, maybe some, you know, anything really. Yeah, roll me a scrutinize or a salvage, whatever feels right for you. Sure thing. So I've got, would sharp be fair for an edge? Sharps is good, yeah. Sharps is the, um, the edge of good mental acuity and problem solving and working out what is best to do in a certain situation. Yeah, um, I've also got two in sense and one in scrutinize. Um, can I use either or would you prefer given that I'm in sense? Or... You, can, you can use either but you can only ever use one skill at a time. Yeah, no, that sounds good. I'll use sense then and I don't have an aspect that can help. Nope, cool. Um, then I will just use Sense and sharps. That's three d six. Okay. Uh, that's a five with no doubles. Okay. So a conflict, something good and something bad. You you don't really find anything that you can that you can use that you can repurpose. Uh, you could chip off some of this old stone, but it's it's just old stone. While large chunks of stone just are valuable, old and if stone. you can pull this entire thing onto your ship. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. If if you if you could haul this entire spit onto your ship or somehow lay claim to it, it would be very valuable. But just chips of old stone turn up all the time. Like they're not great on their own. You need something that's that's solid, something you can build on to make it really valuable. Yeah. Uh, however, you do manage to, to realize something about this place. It is very recently risen. Uh, there was probably a root quake, which is a, a shifting of the roots far down below you that changes the the topography of the waves above. Uh, there was a root quake quite recently, and this particular small island, this this shard of temple, has, has risen from the depths. So you might be, if not the first, because obviously someone else has been here or is here, maybe the second people to ever walk on this in the last couple of hundred years. So this is 
this would be like pre-vid until pre-v um, things. Around yeah, this is this is a pre-v spit. It's it's stonework from before the forest existed. Yeah, yeah. This is amazing. This is this is making history. This is a life-changing discovery. This is disappointing. Trezik, oh. if Akia, I understand this is something that you are very interested in. I can understand that. However, we need to clean up the thap first. Yes, um, you're right, fella. That, that's actually, that's an excellent plan. If we clean up the sap, then we can stay here and investigate for longer. Yes, yes, let's do that. I have a feeling you're not going to leave, though. Let's clean up the sap. Weren't you saying something earlier about protecting people? Uh, oh, oh, yes, uh, protect, protecting, uh, also, also, it will protect people, but it will allow us to investigate for longer. Um, that's just so excited. I think uh, Yulin goes over and claps Akia on the back. Yeah, this would be a good time to uh, look at your resources, I think. Because if you want to clean up the sap, using a resource is probably the best way. Have you got anything in your resources you could use to clean this sap up? I do not. Nope. nope. <laughs> um, I have some black powder. I have a black powder pouch. If we sprinkle the powder on the sap, could be easier to scrape up. Yeah, that's actually a great idea. Um, I've got spider husks. I don't know if I could use them to kind of... Scrape? Yeah. Because they're spider husks, not like like other husks. Not super hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these these aren't your everyday husks. These are spider husks. <laughs> I have ancient glass uh, and engine piping. I could probably use ancient glass to scrape. Yeah, I mean whatever you choose to go with, I am happy with. But using a resource for this, which is just as, as easy as crossing it off your sheet, will let you achieve something useful without having to roll in some cases. I think that's a good idea, then. We'll sprinkle dust and I shall scrape. <laughs> Thank you. In that case, as you do work on that, um, scrapping this this now uh, a thicker and coagulated ectus sap <laughs> uh, away from the area, um, you, your sanctipede returns, Akia. Um, one thing, did you mark its track to use it? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Many, many aspects in the wild sea can be used just as is, but some of them that give particularly impressive results, you have to mark one box on the track. So now you have marked the centipede, it can indeed return to you. Uh, this centipede, it, it's, it's drawn to history and forgotten things. And as it comes back up through this uh, opening in the temple, it is coated with dust. You are, you are definitely, this is an old place, uh, newly at the top of the waves. And it, it does it whisper in your ear? Uh, yeah, 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 it does. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Um, then what it whispers is, is, is two words. Uh, two words that maybe don't connect immediately in your head, but this is what it says. It tells you metal fabric. Metal fabric. Strange. Perhaps. And it is more than ready to lead you there if you need it to. Great. Um, my sanctipede has, has told me... Metal fabric, perhaps some um, materials used pre-V to to construct this temple, or or, or perhaps were worshipped by the ancient peoples. Uh, I'm going to go down and investigate. That is the most exciting this has been so far. Isn't it exciting? Yes. <laughs> 
Metal fabric could be useful. I turn to um, Yulin and say, Isn't it exciting, Yulin? <laughs> metal fabric. Well, j- just, fabric? just think, Yulin. Uh, this metal fabric might have some uh, unexplored properties that y- you could use to do battle. I mean, I guess it could be like a, like a plate that I could sew into my jacket. And if somebody tried to stab me, it wouldn't be able to get through because I've got this like really, like this, this tight weave, yes. and it's really light. And okay, no, no, I see what you're saying. I, I'm on board. I'm Excellent. on board. I look at a can and say, "Smart." <laughs> yeah, I, I give back like a little wink, like yeah, I got, I got it. <laughs> um. So, would anyone like to venture down with me? I'm me. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think you and I are probably already walking there. <laughs> <laughs> I think Yulin's I've got a grappling hook and I think he's already like hooked it into something and is like getting yeah. ready to hit. Yulin's like already climbing down. <laughs> <laughs> Drizek is like hurrying behind him. Okay. Uh I, I'll release the sanctipede down again so um that he can light the way. I also have an aspect ghost sight i can see echoes spirits in this spectral realm yeah am i noticing anything at the moment so this is a this is an interesting point i guess this this temple it was obviously now it's on its side it's shattered this is only part of what was probably a once a grand building um but it's been down in the Underreeves for a long time. And as everybody knows, the Underreeves is a place of ghosts. Mm. However, there's nothing here. There's nothing clinging. No vestigia, no no old ghosts clinging to this place. In fact, it's remarkably ghostless. However, that doesn't mean you can't feel anything. There is a sense of something, just just not ghosts. Um I I have tremescent as well. Do I do I feel anything around like any? Oh, that is a good call. Yes, you do. From somewhere deep inside this bit of stone, you can indeed feel movement. It's not much, but there's definitely something down there. Someone, or well, something, is here with us. Could there be remnants of ancient people still inhabiting the temple? No, that's. No. You're right. What kind of something? Some movement, perhaps. Uh, movement, yes. That's the best I could really describe this as. Um, as we go down, what, what do we see? What does the temple shard look like? Yeah, so this, this temple, um, or at least the part of it that's, that's been dredged up, it's, it's on its side. So as you're, I, mean, I think you're grappling down? Yeah. I am at least. Yeah, okay. So, well, it's good. You're going to find somewhere to get in and out. Um, oh, I just mean that there there might have been stairs, but Yulin probably opted for the grappling hook anyway. No, well, if there were stairs, they're at the wrong angle for you now, because this place is on its side. Oh, right, right. So you're essentially grappling down what was once the entryway of this temple. Um, and it kind of descends at a, a roughly 90 degree angle from where it should be. Uh, and it descends down to the darkness. Um, can you see in the dark? I I have a calico thingy. Your your calico slink, your lovely little spectral cat that you have, does let you see in the dark almost perfectly. Uh, I have some firefly bulbs, so I'm going to take those out. If, can I can I just use them? Like yeah, that would be perfect. 
you scrub them off your sheet and you uh, you are now you have a a small halo of light around you it's not much uh, you can't see anywhere near as far as valor can but you can see your immediate surroundings what do i see yeah you can see down into the depths of this place you can see that the um, the corridor goes on for about you know, 60 or 70 feet um and then it opens up and you can't see much of this room but you can see a huge jumble, a clutter of things. Uh, what look like maybe old pews and chairs and possibly a shrine of some kind or an altar. Oh. <gasps> but everything is covered in dust. Is the tremor coming, uh, is the movement coming from that direction? Uh, it's coming from even deeper than that. There's so much stuff here. What is it, fella? What do you see? Tell me everything. Um, I see, I see feet. Sorry, what? Feet. Feet. Chairs. <laughs> Chairs. <laughs> I see chairs. Oh, seats. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry, Valor. I couldn't couldn't hear you. <laughs> oh, that was. I, I feel so bad for Valor. That was. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yes. Yes, seats, chairs. Uh, yes, of course, for, for the congregation. Thor? What else? Um, it looks like an altar. Yes, an, an altar, altar yes. of some sort. Yes, I, I make my way towards the altar and hold my bulb up over it. Um, I want to kind of examine like what type of like gods these people might have been praying to. Um, now, now you're down in this this kind of larger space. Uh, you can stand on this collection of old things. Uh, you're on a wall, technically, but it's a floor for you. Um, and you can you can, you can't see many details of this altar, but you can see two things that are interesting enough, I suppose. One is that it seems to depict um, not not a humanoid shape, but just a collection of hands in in various kind of postures and poses, different gestures are being made. It's all hands. And the other is that some more of that ecta sap is spread across this altar, and in fact leading underneath it in a small trail. Could this could this be a, a remnant of ancient ectus societies, or has whatever creature killed that poor fellow above come down here? We do not know if they're dead. This is true. The sap is much more fresh than to have been done in some ancient society. Also, there is something you can... Um... If they're dead, they're definitely not a ghost. Well, yeah, that's true. Not a ghost. Um, ghosts, while strange, not known to bleed. Uh, there is something though that you can do. If any of you speak saprek, which is the language of the Ectus, that also comes with a certain cultural understanding. So if you want to roll... Yeah, saprek, I am fluent in saprek. So I will, yeah. Then, yeah, that's that's 3d6 plus whatever you can throw towards it. Right. Um, I mean, I have mental catalogue. Um, discern the use or history of something ancient. Would that apply? That sounds fantastic. Uh, you can, you can uh, I believe you can eschew the role entirely and just go with that. Oh, really? Okay, great. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that is a, a fantastic one to use, yeah. Uh, how does mental catalogue work? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's kind of like a mind palace from Sherlock, um, where I'll just like go into my mind, like mm, search my um, mental catalogue, 
for to make all the connections between like um, the history that I know and try to relate that to what I'm seeing. You you could tell from your mental catalogue and your skill and knowledge of old Ectus language and culture. This is this is not an ancient Ectus monument. This is not a shrine to an Ectus god. Uh, but you don't think it's a shrine to any of the other extant peoples either. Whatever worshipped here, while it may have had a humanoid form, was not one of the, the old humans that the Arden sprang from. Not a gal, not a nectar, definitely not a chelicre. Oh, so this is... But it was something. This is a temple of a pre-verdant civilization that is now lost. That's how it seems. Well, this is a great discovery. What type of beings could they have been? These worshippers of metal fabric. What kind of technology? Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, I look around a bit more. Um, do, do I see any of the metal fabric that my sanctipede mentioned or like any other um, things? <laughs> no, but as you, as you look around, uh, your sanctipede nips under the altar Ooh. and you see that uh, it hasn't always been there. This has been moved recently. There's a trail in the dust around it. And that sap that was pulling under it, it's hiding a crack in the wall. Which, of course, is your floor. Right. And if you push that altar out of the way, you can go even deeper. Yes. Thank you, my friend. Uh, there is a, a hidden passageway or something behind here. Help me help me move the wall. And I, I go and start pushing the altar aside. I help. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I do too. As you push this altar, there's a, a general shift in the, um, the detritus that's on this floor wall. And a few things... Uh, kind of tumble down this extra space that you've just found. Uh, with your tremor sense, you can feel something has just moved sharply from down below. You have been noticed by something. We may have company. Company? Company. Uh, <laughs> is it insectoid? You can't tell. Is it... Sh should we be worried? Should we be getting out of here sooner rather than later? We should always... Be worried. Well, should we be worried above the regular level of worried? The movement was sharp, perhaps less insectoid than something larger. Hmm. Could it be this creature that attacked? Yulin, would you like to lead the way? Huh? Yulin has one of his throwing knives in his mouth already. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I will. I will lead the way because there's something large and maybe not insectoid, but definitely stabbable. So here we go. Thank you, Yulin. That's good. Um, as you as you lead the way in in the glow from this firefly bulb, um, you realize that you can't lead the way for very long because there is an obstruction in front of you. There's there's a crack in what is probably originally the floor of this temple, and the the growth of the wild sea has made its way in. It looks like it's been in, it's been cut back or pushed aside recently, but the wild sea grows fast, and the this part of the the corridor that you're in now, this next room, is is overgrown with with the tangle of brush, just leaves and branches and vines everywhere already. Stand aside, and I what, what do I have to hack with actually? My ancient glass. <laughs> yeah, that's that was my yeah. next question. What do you have to hack with? How how do you tackle these things? Um, I tackle it with a slashing. And a, yeah, a slashing, I guess. I have ancient glass with me. Will that work? 
I believe we already used ancient cards. Oh, can you only use it once? Uh, yes, you need to cross it off your resources. Yes. Darn. Okay. Um, okay, wait. Aspects, aspects you can use again and again and again, but resources can only usually be used once. Is, is it possible to, to help um, Valor? So I have, I have Tool Belt, which lets me craft a item once per scene. Is there anything I can use around me yes. to craft some kind of thing that I could use to, well, give Valor to use to cut? Yeah, that is a perfect use of that. Um, you're you're in uh, the room you were just in before you head down to this into this new corridor was full of old broken pieces. So you can definitely find something there to craft. Uh, what are you trying to make? What would help you most? I could make it for you if you wish. A chainsaw. Okay, maybe less <laughs> chainy. <laughs> maybe next level down from a from a chainsaw. An axe. An axe. I will try. I mean, you can aim for chainsaw if you want. I mean, it's going to be hard, but you can try. How about a regular saw? I'll try to make something. I'll try to make a chainsaw. Yes, like a like a tooth saw of some sort. Because I'm guessing there's no chains around, but like maybe something made of like several rotating uh, sharp objects. Um, yeah, you can find like un- unscrew the screws that were holding chairs and things together, and you can you can get enough old preverted metal together to make something chainsaw esque. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have made to last. So when I craft, the resulting creations track is three boxes longer than usual. So in fact, Whoa. I believe the chainsaw will be four track. Yes, yeah, that'd be good. Did you just make a chainsaw? <laughs> Yeah, with your toolbox, you just described putting this thing together. I mean, it's it's going to be... The, the thing about temporary benefits and things, temporary aspects, is that they aren't made to last. Like, this thing will fall apart after it's been used yeah, a few times. Yeah. But because because you have that aspect, it will last longer than most other things. So, should last the game. Yeah. So yeah, describe how you collect this stuff and describe what you make, and then pass it over. Yeah, I think... I think um... I would just be walking around looking for things and muttering under my voice, chainsaw, chainsaw. What kind of request is that? And um, I have tool belt, so it allows me to craft a one-track item once per scene without rolling. Yeah, that actually sounds perfect. Um, then in that case, describe what you find and describe how you put this together to help your comrade. I, I think I'll probably take anything that's sharp and just break it into small pieces, like any glass shards, any metal, um, you know, jagged pieces of metal and things like that. And um, I can I have like a extra some kind of energy source? Is is there because it, it if it is a chainsaw? Yeah, yeah. The the benefit of your tool belt is it has those those small things that you need to kind of cobble anything together that you really need to uh, in the moment. So I think yeah, I would I would use uh, my tool belt to create I use a small like motor uh, added into this um, pseudo ersatz chainsaw uh, made of like sharp stuff, and then maybe add another battery pack, which kind of makes sense for the like four track thing. That's why it's gonna stay together for a bit longer. Um, but it's still going to break eventually because it's terrible. The teeth are going to just fall off very soon. Um, but it's it's usable. And still muttering under my breath, I hand it to you, Valor. Here you go. Ha <laughs> ha! Alrighty then. And I start slashing through the thingies. Okay, let's let's roll this hack roll then that you're okay. doing. So it's your edge plus however many you're ranked in hack. 
and then an extra d6 for the chainsaw. And I believe you have increased impact, so this will be very impressive. So is it iron or instinct, do you reckon, for edge? Iron. Iron works fine. Iron is determination and breaking through barriers. Okay, I've got iron. I've got hack. Um, uh, I think. What about break? Oh, break is break is good too. Hack okay. works. Break works. Whichever you prefer. I would I would go with hack as the more. Oh, classical I, I can't pick thing. both. No, only one. Only one skill. So hack then. Okay, and then you said I had an extra thing. Yeah, an extra d6 from the chainsaw itself. A useful benefit. Awesome. And how about aspect trailblazer? Uh, yeah, that gives an extra d6 as well, and it increases your impact. Awesome, so that's four die. Okay, so the highest one is six. Oh, and I also have um, a double with two fives. That is a triumph with a Ooh. twist. Yes. So- We'll start, we'll start with the triumph, and this is a triumph with increased impact too, uh, from your trailblazer aspect. You make such short work of this that your companions barely have time to step back. They are just sprayed with broken bits of branch and leaf pulp. Uh, it is, it is uh, a, a kind of vegetative massacre around you in this particular moment. You just... It's impressive. Um... You have, you have not just cut a path through, you have cleared this entire corridor, and this clearing will last until you come back. Like, you have cleared this corridor for the, the entire time you're here. Nice. After you. And you also have a twist. And a twist is um, a, a small narrative benefit or, or drawback, but a, a narrative thing that anybody at the table can add and that you can sign off on uh, if people have suggestions. So uh, as an example, it could be that you get a resource from doing this at the same time. It could be that you find something. It could be that you get more information. It could be a little bit of something that's true about the world. Twists are very flexible. They're a way for, for players to kind of add something to a scene as the game progresses. I mean, could it, could it be that she clears so much of the vegetation that, you know, more of the walls and stuff are, avail- are like visible of course, um, you would say that. <laughs> yeah, it's just a benefit for me. <laughs> um, like maybe there was something important that it was covering. Yeah, if you if you want to clear enough for these walls to be visible, yeah, that that makes perfect sense. I also had an idea. Uh, there is it's actually kind of along the same lines, but a marking on the wall that gives us a clear idea of what else might be lurking down below. Ooh. Not necessarily giving us what it is. But just like something that says like, oh, this thing clearly has like sharp claws because there's like three slash marks in the wall. I like that. Yeah, like maybe an old tail of some sort or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. That is a That is a perfect twist. Does that work for you? Mm-hmm. Sounds good. In that case, as as you um, chainsaw brutally through these poor plants, which luckily will grow back, um, you, you managed to, to, to discover uh, there, there are markings on these walls, ancient carvings. Uh, and they, they look to be just as pre-verdant as the rest of this temple. In fact, they look to be something that none of you have ever seen before. There are more symbols, more more hand-based shapes on these walls. But there's also um, something which uh, we would think of as, as almost hieroglyphics. Uh, these pictorial representations somewhere between language and picture. And you can see scenes of worship. They're, uh, the, the shapes worshipping it's hard to make out they were human-esque but maybe not quite humanoid 
However, what they were worshipping is nothing like that at all. It is a collection of hands, and those hands themselves are connected by what look like thin strands. Oh, so these pre-verdant people were worshipping some kind of race of giant hands? This is... Spiders, perhaps. Of course! Uh, it's some kind of a pre chelicre race, or, or uh, this could be a, a clue as to the, the Chelicre's origin. Perhaps they dropped down on the Earth from outer space. Hmm. <laughs> yes, well. <sighs> Time for our family reunion. <laughs> and with that, the, the uh, path into this, this final, deepest part of this temple is clear. Do you proceed? Trezek is definitely a bit um, shaken, but uh, that you can tell you can tell he's shaken because I think um, he's he's a bit more wobbly or like um, the way he walks and carries himself is a bit more unnatural at the moment. They are. Did I do it again? <laughs> you can you can use either pronoun. It's all good to you. Um, yeah, yeah, they're a he they. That's fine. I want they to be them. <laughs> I just oh, keep okay. on thinking it's a he instead of a them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my head because they look like a male ident but they are they because oh, they're they're multiple oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. right well then they, they could easily be the both. ardent was he yes yeah sure um but they do they do carry on and you know walk walk towards the deep abyss um, can i sort of because i'm like really striding ahead um but i imagine i i notice trezek's like apprehension and I just like put my hand um on their shoulder like this is an amazing discovery truly truly wondrous the stories you'll be able to come back and tell your people just think of it I think you can feel the spiders inside me scurrying like, <laughs> like it's just a bit wobbly there um <laughs> and Trezek looks at you and they say Perhaps, but, well, perhaps there are secrets that should not be uncovered. There's not something you're not telling me, is there, Trezik? No. Yes, very convincing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As you make your way into the, the large final space of this temple, uh, you can, even by the light of your... Uh, firefly bulbs, you can see a decent amount of the room. Uh, it's huge, circular, open. You're on uh, the floor for you is this curving wall. And as you make your way down, you can see a, a huge collection of uh, what is hard to make out at first for most of you, these, these um, person-sized objects. And each of them is, is hovering slightly above the floor. However, one of you can see in the dark much better than the rest. <laughs> That's me. What you can see is that these, these objects are person-sized hands, and each of them is hovering above a, a humanoid figure. Uh, they look almost like constructs. They're, they're made of metal, from what you can see. They shine dimly in the light. And each of these hands has a finger extended just to lightly touch the forehead of each of these constructs. There are... 30 or 40 in the room. 
But that's not what draws your eye. What draws your eye is that one of the figures being touched on the forehead by these hands is not an ancient construct. It is in fact an ectus. What will our friends find in this temple of old? And what other journeys await on the wild seas? The adventure continues in the next episode of Don't Forget Your Towel. Ahoy there, land lovers! Tis I, Future Azul! If you liked the episode so far, please take a look at the Wild Sea Kickstarter. It's an amazing RPG that really deserves all your love. You can follow us on Facebook at Don't Forget Your Towel Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at DFYT underscore podcast. Oh, and if you want to send us some juicy gossip, you're welcome to email us at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, please consider giving us a five-star rating and a review. Remember, every rating and review helps us reach more people so that we can spread the awesomeness of RPGs. Until next time, keep your towels at the ready.